It's so weird coming in silent now, man. I thought I was going to hear it in the headphones. But no big deal. No big deal. That's how we roll. Uh, Everybody, welcome to This Pink Cloud. Uh, We are a show that is recovery-based, but multiple pathways, right? Absolutely. Right? So, uh, yeah, I'm an electronic DJ, DJ Kelly Reverb. Check it out. Uh, Google me. Whatever whatever you want. (laughs) Uh, Sitting in with me, it's... It's been, God, like, what, six months? At, at least, least, man. It's way too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is now the, and I use air quotes, professor, <laughs> a.k.a. instructor at UNT, uh, LPC, LCDC, the Vanilla Viking, I like to say the Charlie Manson oh of recovery, God. <laughs> My mom is not going to be happy with that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, one Dusty Burroughs. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah. How are it's you doing, dude? Here, man, I missed you. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's been like six months because, as as the listeners know, you know, my mom passed away about six months ago, so took a little hiatus. But now we're back, and we're better than ever. That's right. It's good to be back. Doing yeah, man. Thing. Well, I'm proud of you that you got the gig at UNT. So, what's the class? It's an addictions class. Uh, it's covering all the basics, some physical stuff, some mental health stuff, some recovery stuff. So um, teaching this specific class would be, has been a dream of mine ever since I took the class years sure. ago. So I remember sitting in class going, man, I'd really like to teach this one day. So when the opportunity presented itself, I jumped on it. That's great. So hopefully the students like me. Did So, uh, yeah, and your first day was the other day. Were you, su- like, super nervous? Yeah, last Monday. Yeah, it was <laughs> did, <really> you, <laughs> did you have to, like, cut your caffeine intake? No, I probably messed up and had double the caffeine, but it was cool. <laughs> so. You're like, our, our new teacher's on crack, dude. He's <laughs> all <laughs> sweating and stuff. I just approached the class like a 45-client um, group Right therapy session for three well, hours. Well, hey, that's good. Just yeah. to get to know each other. Well, and, and, and uh, in recovery, I always tell people that you know you you learn to talk and you learn to be okay and comfortable because you know it's okay to sound like a a hole. It know? is sometimes, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. you got to keep it authentic, right? Right, exactly. Right. Hey, I forgot to introduce, yeah. dude, my homeboy Fitz on the on the ones and sixes, not one, not right. ones and twos. But Fitz, today. Fitz, uh, Fitz is helping us out because we've got such a full house um, today. But uh, you're with Hello Studios, and if they want, uh, if they want to book, they can uh, hit you up, right? Yes. And they've got your contact. You go ahead and give out your contact info. Uh, our website is uh, www.iamhellostudios.com. And we are the Airbnb of podcasts. So I love if it. Anyone is that is struggling true, yeah. to start yeah. off yeah. a podcast? Yeah. Just come over here, become a member. We have everything provided. We have all the equipment, we have the personnel, and we'll just get you over that hump so you can get right to recording your important yeah, messages. Yeah, because yeah. it's not like an easy thing to do. There's a lot to it. Very and technical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but uh, Fitz is here to hold my hand. We're we're here to hold pinkies. During the podcast, just <laughs> just, just, just to make sure it's okay. <laughs> yeah, he's there. But okay, so so funny thing, we have I think the entire staff from <laughs> NeuroGlow uh, Clinic, and uh, these guys, are, like I said, we like to celebrate multiple pathways in recovery, and I think that ketamine is actually one of those you know potential helpers for you know all kinds of issues but before we get into that uh i'm gonna go ahead and have you guys go down the line so i don't step on everybody's name and mess everybody's letters up but uh i'll start over here with you tina marie um, <laughs> yes, my name is Tina Marie. I am with NeuroGlow Clinic. We have two locations, Flower Mound and McKinney. Um, I do business development, build relationships out in the field, uh, let the community know what we do, who we are, and how we can help people. 
Um, I say business development, patient advocate. I'm pretty much the, the spokesperson for You're our like clinic. You're like the den mom. Yeah, I'm the den mom. <laughs> Feet on the ground den mom. All right. Yep, that's me. All right. Yeah, Kathy. and uh, I'm Kathy. I am one of the co-founders of NeuroGlow. Um, I have a background in nurse anesthetists. That, uh, for a lot of people that don't know what that is, right. um, it's a nurse who only specializes in uh, anesthesia. So okay. that's kind of how... And what are those letters behind your name? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the CRNA, that's Certified Registered Nurse of Anesthesia. Okay. Yes. Hey, real quick, so what's the difference between that and an anesthesiologist? Probably like 300,000 more a year. That's what I was All right, and then Momin? Yep, so my name is Momin. I'm one of the co-founders as well of NeuroGlow Clinic. I'm also a nurse anesthetist. Um, and Kathy and I, we, we started NeuroGlow about 18 months ago. Wow, okay. And so we're still fairly new in a sense, but this whole kind of realm of ketamine in a outpatient setting is new as yeah. well, too. Um, so we like to... We like to say we're, we're kind of trailblazing in a sense. Yeah, for sure. I um, mean, because as, as I did some research, I think it was that they allowed it, like as far as medical, um, you know, application. I think it was 2019, right? Yeah. So I could or I decriminalized could, it, or however you want to phrase it. So in in, in 2019, actually, uh, there's a medication called Spravato, which is an mm. isomer of ketamine. Okay. Uh, isomer meaning. Um, they basically took the ketamine molecule and split it into two mm -hmm. and then rebranded it as a new drug mm. and then went through the whole FDA approval process, mm, okay. which is about $100 million. And who owns that <laughs> specific brand? It's uh, yes. Pfizer? No, no. <laughs> close, <laughs> close. Janssen. Oh, okay. Close. So it's yeah. one of the big... Yeah, big farms. I, and right. I, I can't say anything bad about them. Oh, on sure, air hey, Because dude, no, they might take me out or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, just, just to say, most of the, the research historically in the last 10 years have been on ketamine itself, mm -hmm. uh, not the isomer of it. Uh, okay. They, they do work on similar pathways in a sense, but what when you, when you hear people talking about... When you say like the isomer to whoever, you know, is listening out there, um, is the isomer maybe m like a, a more pure form or no, what, are, what are we saying? It's actually, ketamine itself is made up of two isomers, which is the R and S component. Mm -hmm. And they basically kind of fit together almost like a mirror they're like mirror images of each other, but this company basically separated the, separated two. the two to create a new drug. Oh. Right. All right. So um, ketamine itself is in generic form already. Uh -huh. So it's been around since the 1960s. Well, I was going to say uh, my experience with ketamine uh, being, you know, rave scene, 90s, uh, you know, they called it Special K. And everybody went to the K-hole. And I know Dusty, uh, I never, I, it never really intrigued me to do it because I was all like, oh, just Coke yeah. and alcohol is good for me yeah. and <laughs> maybe occasional yeah. MDMA. Yeah. But uh, I know Dusty has tried it. And, uh, you know, it was back in the, uh, in the glory days in the 90s, buddy. Yeah, way over 20 years ago, I was very um, adventurous, you yeah. might say. Experimental. Experimental, yeah. sure. uh, not for therapeutic or clinical reasons. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I had some yeah. interesting experiences with ketamine. Yeah. Um, but that being said, you know, fast forward all these years, years later, I can totally see where there would be benefits and lots yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah, well, so now you were going to the you were you were explaining more the scientific side, but I just wanted to kind of introduce sure. ketamine to people, you know. And uh, also, they say it's like a cat tranquilizer, horse tranquilizer. Well, it, it's interesting enough. This is how we kind of entered into this whole arena of ketamine is because we actually used to administer it almost every single day to our patients undergoing anesthesia. Yeah. Sure. And still a lot of people yeah, it's use it's still ketamine a, as an anesthetic yeah. in a lot of different so It's an extremely uh, safe scenarios. drug, actually right. speaking. There's no propofol like Michael Jackson fall asleep forever kind of thing going on? Uh, I mean, you it, could, it, it but in the wrong hands. Uh, yeah, you know, I got gotcha. you. But... Um, you gotta have the credentials. Sure, yeah. and, and that was really kind of our entry point into this whole space. So we could talk later about where we kind of came into it and where we're at now. To uh, well, I mean, go ahead. I mean, y'all well, yeah. jump in. Okay. So ketamine is used on humans as well as animals okay. uh, in an anesthetic setting. So uh, whenever they say, "Oh, this is um, 
you know, special K or, or K used on horse a horse tranquilizer. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it was really used to take down large animals um, because right. of the way that you administer it. You can administer it um, right. intramuscular. So you don't have to have an IV. You don't have to, um, you know, put an IV in a, a large animal. You can just, um, Basically you know. Stab them with a right, large needle. Exactly. Right, exactly. A large <laughs> needle into the muscle <laughs> yeah. and let mm-hmm. it absorb and then take down the animal. So, um, so a lot, I think a lot of people do, in that sense, uh, know um, about horse tranquilizers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, yeah, yeah. no, right. in that aspect, because right. just, you know, the street terms. And I mean, probably half the people haven't even really heard of it. To be honest, all the moms and dads out there, they're <laughs> like, what the hell is ketamine? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, from from where we're coming from, that's that's kind of you know what we understood it as, but um, so what as far as like you know how y'all d- decided to do this and and the business development behind it, like right. what you know how did that happen? How yeah you know what how did it uh, you know all of a sudden hey let's start up a ketamine let's clinic. Let's do ketamine. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's an interesting story. So. Like I said, we were g- I was giving it almost routinely to patients, mm-hmm. and I just anecdotally used to see a difference in patients from pre-op to when I used to check on them in recovery. Like ah. they would just be like smiling, mm-hmm. right. like yeah. different and demeanor. Better, they were more smiling. Yeah, really they were engaging. Happy. And this right. was probably back in 2016, mm-hmm. and the research was very small at that point, right? I mean, like I was googling like ketamine. Is there something with mood or something? Mm-hmm. It was definitely developing back then. I had this idea. I was like, oh, this would be great to give this in a clinic setting, help people. With that said, I was extremely narrow-minded in mm. my vision. I was just, in my mind, I was like, ketamine, I can do this all day. Just give it to people. They're going to walk in. I'm going to give it. They're going to feel good. And you walk out. You know? Right. Uh, well, except for the surgery part. Yeah, except for the surgery <laughs> part. But, right. but then they don't care as much if yeah. you give it to them. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> about the surgery. You're right. They're happy. Yeah. That's how, yeah. That's how <laughs> you know, me and Kathy really you know, kind of approached her like, hey, uh, this movement's happening. Mm-hmm. We, should just, we should just see what, what happens. And, you know, we don't have a mental health background, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. this is where the, the interesting part is how we kind of pivoted in a sense after getting experiential um, knowledge of ketamine, giving right. it to people with mood disorders or addiction, mm-hmm. um, you know. Well, I, yeah, I, why, why, so you, why you said that, I want to go down, like, because I was reading all the different things that it, it, it treats, which is I hear depression, anxiety, postpartum depression, suicidal ideation, uh, PTSD, OCD, um, and bipolar disorder. And that sounds like everybody I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, me too. But I mean, and honestly, and honestly in recovery, um, you know, uh, we're taught that most people have co-occurring issues, which is some mental disorder, and then they have the substance on top of it and the actual physical addiction to that. So they consider that co-occurring. And this entire list is on that list, which I think, you know, like, for example, I've had a lady, uh, a good friend of mine on the show who was diagnosed bipolar but wasn't on the right medication. Mm -hmm. And every time she wasn't on the right medication, her medication was uh, wine and 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 multiple bottles. Yeah. 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 Right. Self-treatment, so, for sure. So really, the, the, the most research with ketamine has been on treatment-resistant depression. Mm-hmm. So it's for people that have actually tried multiple other modalities that hasn't worked for them. Um, then, you know, they are more of an appropriate candidate for ketamine. Um, and that's how we approach it at our clinic, just because uh, now that it's become more popular, people are, like, caring about it. Like, Elon Musk is tweeting about it. Right. People, and then they would call a clinic and, like, hey, I want to try this stuff. And uh-huh. they're like, oh, so what's going on with you? It's like, no, sure. nothing. I just want to try it. <laughs> like, uh, you I know, just want to come in. But, you I know. think I'm depressed. You know, I, right. I broke up with my girlfriend, and now I need help. You know, right. So. so we do try to stay within the parameters of the latest research, in a sense. Yeah. Um, we want to trailblaze, but in a responsible way. Mm. Um, you know, I think ketamine is a very powerful drug, and it, it can help a lot of people. But I also feel that if we are too cavalier in our approach, it can kind of set us back too. Right? Sure. So well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the first Which? first time something bad happens with a patient or something like that, right? It's going to be all over the news. They don't talk about all the hundred. Well, an another. Y- <laughs> well, th- right. that that was a kind of leads me to my next question: Is you know, is it can it be addictive? 
So I would say every medication that we give in anesthesia or otherwise can be addictive in a, in a sense, right? Right. Coffee, I'm addicted. I'll, I'll say I'm addicted much. to coffee. Yeah, I'm addicted <laughs> to caffeine for um, sure. But the, it, the, the, <laughs> the, uh, the properties of ketamine, it, it is not classified into a highly addictive s substance. It's not setting off certain receptors in your brain like opioids, for example, or fentanyl, which you right. hear about more. Um, the experience of people getting ketamine is very similar to a psychedelic experience. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and that's another question. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't mean to leave you out. We're no. going to we're gonna get to you. We're going to get to you. You know what? Tina's always talking, so it's kind of <laughs> nice to let moments Tina, Tina actually gets to listen. Yeah, I'm actually paying attention. You guys, look at this. No, Tina's background's amazing. She should talk about it for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but, okay, so, okay, so, first off, if somebody wants to experience this um you know like how uh, okay does is it covered by insurance and is it is it uh something that's affordable or is it you know kind of uh you got to have some deep pockets so that's a very good question and um insurance currently does not reimburse for ketamine yeah. treatment for mood disorders Unfortunately. currently and Unfortunately. the reason the drug itself Soon is fda approved mm -hmm. As an right. as an anesthetic. Okay. Right? So the drug itself is FDA approved. It's not like some random new drug. Right, but just the administration of it. Administration right. for it for that purpose. Mood disorder. And, and the reason why is because uh. because the drug is in generic form. Nobody's taking that step to go through an an, an entire FDA approval process. Oh, uh, you say because it's in generic form, so because that means nobody's form. making money. Well, no, <laughs> nobody. Exactly. And it takes about a hundred million dollars, probably plus to get a medication uh, approved for another uh, so reason. reason yeah. Right? So it's already okay. approved as an anesthetic. It's in generic form. Right. So you know, there's not too many companies that are going to jump in and be like, I'm going to throw down $100 million. Mm -hmm. yeah. And hence, that's how Spilato was invented and mm -hmm. formulated. Gotcha. So as far as the cost, there is, I would say, cost is a barrier for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, at our clinic, we try really not to turn anyone down if we, if we think they really need the help. So sure. Yeah. We have a lot of people in suicide ideation. Uh, they are really tried everything else. And, you know, with all our staff, not just us, we're, we're trying to train to listen to the patients first, even if they're calling in right. um, on their first appointment. And mm -hmm. it's, we go case by case. If somebody cannot afford it, we work with them in all in, in every way we can to get them in, and uh, we don't we don't advertise this on our website, but <laughs> right. we treat right. quite a few people just pro bono, mm. you know, especially okay. especially veterans. We've had a lot first of people, responders. first responders, people. Just yeah, they know we know they yeah. need the help, yeah. and it's hard to of course get off it the phone with someone that's like and go. Oh, right. sorry, Yuri. <laughs> hey, right. dude. By the way, thanks for doing this incredible job for <laughs> us as a society. Yeah. Um, yeah. But your insurance doesn't cover it, right. so yeah. See, see ya. it's very hard to turn anyone away whenever they're in front of you and you see. You know, there's, yeah. there's a certain the desperation, desperation and, yeah. that you see here, yeah. here from them, their families. Right. And it's very difficult. I mean, it and definitely took sure. heart. Well, and I was going to say, you, ha you have a story about that. Yeah, like, yeah. And it's a good segue into, Tina's actually going to talk now. My caffeine's <laughs> coming back, you guys, Cuban coffee. Um, but we had a veteran literally call, um, you know, be me being a patient advocate out in the field working. I get a lot of calls working with patients from addiction to acute psych. My background's in acute psych, opening up acute psych hospitals. I left that world to go into the world of addiction and actually be on the ground. I mean, taking phone calls for the last three and a half years, speaking to addicts and their families and hearing the struggles that they go through to either their insurance not working where they can't get in. You know, they're kind of stuck in the middle where they're not acute SI, but they're using... When you say acute SI? Suicidal. Okay. So acute in, in an acute suicidal you gotcha. know, position. I just like to spell out the terms. Yeah, SI. <laughs> yeah, come on. We can SI, SI, you know SI. what that SI, means. SI, you right? know what it yeah. means, right? Well, so this veteran called, you know, he's on our Google reviews. He gave me permission to talk about his story today. You know, a friend of friends said, call Tina Marie, she'll help you. Mm -hmm. I'd love to help first responders and military, or first responders and military veterans. Mm-hmm. He was ac acutely SI, suicidal, waiting to get into Bonham, uh, waiting for you know someone to call him back. Just that waiting. And Bonham game. is a. It's a uh, military men um, mental facility. It's mental health and addiction. Mm. Gotcha. So it's an okay. in inpatient rehab, if cool. you will. With, All right. But uh, 
we were able, you know, I said, what would you do if we could treat you with, you know, ketamine? What mm-hmm. if I could get you in like tomorrow? Mm-hmm. He started crying. He said, I've been reading about, you know, psychedelic therapy. I've been reading about ketamine. Kathy and Momin were gracious enough to help him out in a, in a really acute state. He's full-blown alcoholic. Um, we were able to get him in. He, I think he was on his third session mm-hmm. before he said to us, I went to the grocery store and it was the first time I did not hit the alcohol aisle. Mm-hmm. He didn't even look at it. And I spoke to him today on my way down here and he said, Tina Marie, I'm going back to work. Today's my first day back to work. Wow. And yeah. he said, I actually feel like a civilian. You know, wow. so and how, how, yeah, like how many treatments well, was, like how, how many treatment, yeah. how many treatments was that? And like, uh, you know, what would you recommend? Right. So the most studied um, is six uh, infusions within a 14 to 21 day window. Okay. Um, more and more research is coming out, kind of extending that time, um, 21 to 30 days. Mm-hmm. And so we always tell our patients, I mean, it's always on a, on a case-by-case basis. Not everyone needs a six infusion right. initially. Um, some need a little less, some need a little more, but... Uh, six is the most steady. Well, and then that's where I was going to get into, like, as far as the dosage, what you consider, you would consider this, like, micro-dosing. I was was joking with Kathy before the show. I was like, oh, so this is a situation where I I lie and say that I'm a heavier weight. (laughs) I'm like, I'm a good 330 pounds here, so... You know, <laughs> we I think some people have tricked those before, <laughs> but now we have a weight scale. Yeah, <laughs> right. That we, 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 we wear our patients now. So, um, but that's a good question. We do, um, you know, ketamine really the the benefit is on lower doses. Actually, mm-hmm. it's not. You don't want to give a dose where people right. are just passed out right. and sure. they don't even remember what happened. They're just like, you know, right. So yeah. At the low doses, which are, uh, I don't want to bore listeners with. No, they, this is all, it's, fa- a, it's fascinating yeah. to me, man. Yeah. I've never heard <laughs> this, so, so it's bring that, uh, it. We start, every patient has 0.6 milligrams per kilogram, so uh-huh. it is by body weight. Okay. Um, the most studied dose is around 0.5. Okay. So we start a little bit higher, but we don't try to do a cookie cutter approach to, to each patient. Like, you're going to metabolize drugs this different than me and Kathy. Right. Um, so we do make jo- dose adjustments along the way. Mm-hmm. So usually around after the, the third or fourth session, we know what's a very, very good dose for you. Meaning um, when we adjust our doses, sometimes it's just too strong. Oh, yeah, like People sure. have really strong, basically psychedelic experiences. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Overwhelming experiences. It could be overwhelming mm-hmm. to people. Um, and people talk about dissociation with mm-hmm. ketamine. Well, they, and I think that gets the borderline K-hole, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely well, want to yeah. stay away from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We want to go by that's, the K-hole. That's too much. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Right. But, I mean, go ahead. You yeah, that brings me to a couple of questions that I had. So um, you guys had mentioned earlier that, that you're they're not mental health professionals. So I was wondering, do you partner with clinicians in accordance with the ketamine therapy? Because, like, I work in a program with medication-assisted treatment. Uh, specifically Suboxone, and the research shows the efficacy of the Suboxone works much greater with counseling and working an active program of recovery of their choice. And ketamine, it would seem to me, would have that same benefit if it's working very well all by itself. What if you add the counseling and then working a, a program of recovery, whether it's mental health recovery or addiction recovery. What has your experience been with right. that? Yeah. And do y'all partner with clinicians? Wow, yeah. perfect. Yeah, so yeah. I, 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 I love this Bravo. question. I yeah. like where we're going with so this. So that is the future of NeuroGlow, actually, in a nutshell. I mean, oh. Momo and I, we, you know, we use ketamine in an anesthetic setting. We use it you know, administer it to our patients, but we are not in the, the mental health field. So we know what our capabilities are. We mm. know where our limits are. And we are adding um, professionals who this is their specialty to come on board to help us. You know, like the one thing that for me, um, why we saw that this area was kind of lacking and missing um, is because, you know, after we give our patient ketamine, and after the six infusions, they look at us and they're like, okay, I'm doing better. Now what? Where do yeah, I go? No, and it's yeah. very right. difficult What's to next? tell them, you know, I mean, come in for your boosters and just kind of release them out in the world. So, um, yes, we are looking into adding a lot, you know. Um, 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, when, when, when it's going on, like, I mean, are y'all actually talking to them? We so are. So yeah. We really, our protocols ch has changed significantly from okay. when we first started right. 18 months ago until now. Sure. We, we have actually added uh, a ketamine integration coach into ah, our program. Okay. So everybody that goes through our program actually has two sessions ah. with their integration coach. Um, she's not a, like, a certified counselor, per well, se. Right. Um, but she is actually certified through uh, Being True to You. It's a, it's a company that actually um, specializes and trains people to deal with people getting psychedelic, mm. psychedelic, so psilocybin, ayahuasca. Mm. Right. Um, so she has a lot of experience with those other, other drugs, if, mm. if you will, yeah, substance sure. psychedelics. All, all in the right. same category, yeah. Uh, so well, they can also be considered an entheogen as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. So Ayahuasca. Yes. Yep. And so we see, you know, the outcome of our patients who just get the ketamine, especially in our infancy stages when we first open, to now um, having those sessions. And we see such a huge difference in mm -hmm. our patient long-term outcome. Mm -hmm. um, and, a and a lot of people end up, you know, one of our philosophies with ketamine is we tell people from the get-go that the, the change that happens long-term is – it happens from the inside out in a sense. Mm -hmm. You gotta yeah. put in the work. Right. Ketamine is there. It 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 helps, right. helps on a neurochemical level. Well, it's like people say, like, oh, well, you you did ayahuasca, so you're completely changed. You're like something right. magical happened, or it's not like that. It's actually, but it, it, for me, I would imagine that it would bring up certain things that maybe you weren't thinking about in your subconscious to your conscious mind and then being able to deal with that. That's yeah. that's exactly yeah. and what and that's exactly. what we started seeing. People were, you know, some pretty complex traumas and stuff were coming up. Uh, right. childhood stuff and and, and that's yeah. when we're like, look, this is we have to make that pivot to kind of provide an ecosystem for for patients. Um, so right now we are actually starting to partner with and Tina can talk about this, but with, yeah. with LPCs, with with therapists that are trained, um, well, not they're, they're they're trained in their in their, in their mental health uh, capacity. But I will say this is still in the infancy. We did use uh, reach out to a lot of count, uh, therapists, in when we first opened up, and there was a, there was a lot of cold shoulders initially. Right? Yeah, they were like, yeah, well, a lot of people a yeah. lot of people find it counterintuitive that are in recovery. That's why you know that's why we're talking about this on a basic recovery right. podcast or webcast. But the thing is, is you know. If it's actually helping and you're doing it in a responsible way uh, under medical supervision and you actually see results, then right. I'm like, yeah, no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, but a lot of people in recovery are, you know, definitely, you know, a, as far as, you know, like almost like teetotalers um, where, you know, that something that is a schedule three narcotic, uh, you know, cannot be good you know, right. to, to, to well, help you. Yeah, I'd like also like to say, um, and it's interesting that you guys bring up stigma because, uh, you know, I, for one, am a very pro-psychedelic um, uh, therapy and recovery advocate. And the conversations Love that it. I have are, are either very black and white. Either people are very for it or very against it. But uh, what I found interesting, especially in, in the 12-step community, and although individuals might not uh, say it publicly, psychedelic-assisted uh, recovery has always been kind of that door that's open for them, that mm -hmm. they could say, well, I could give that a shot and I wouldn't have to go get my chip again. No, I don't know. How <laughs> right. And right. I'm having more and more of those conversations, and I don't know if it's because of the the traditional knowledge that Bill Wilson experimented with LSD, right. mm -hmm. but it, it is seems to me that in a uh, a traditional abstinence-based recovery movement that we know all so well that that something a little outside of abstinence is kind of starting to be welcomed with people, especially when we're seeing research all over the planet. Yep. that's, that's uh, very pro, and we're seeing the numbers to prove it, that it's helping with uh, alcohol use disorder, mm -hmm. uh, it's helping with all the mental health disorders that you mentioned. Why are you looking at me, man? <laughs> yeah, he did, <laughs> He gave you a really... He goes, alcohol disorders, <laughs> yeah. and he goes, mental and health and disorders. He looked right in disorder. He looked into my soul. <laughs> he did. <laughs> that's what I do. 
So yeah, I'm really, uh, really excited about what's going on here, and I'm really excited to see how it's evolving. Um, I wanted to see kind of maybe your opinions on how maybe some of the other drugs are up and coming. I'm sure you guys keep. Hey, up before with we get <coughs> to the opinions, I got a commercial I got to do real quick. Oh, Let's do this. Yeah. We have a we have a sponsor, and uh, it is Max the Axe with uh, Lone Star personal injury attorneys. He is actually out of Houston, but he specializes in uh, law in Texas, personal injury law in Texas and in California. So I met him, and totally good guy, and then all of a sudden I find out he's a personal injury attorney, and, and then he's like, oh, I'll sponsor your show, dude. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just kind of one of those kismet things. Yeah. And then he decided to actually... Uh, grabbed the URL, thispinklawyer. <laughs> uh, so he grabbed thispinklawyer.com, and if you go to thispinklawyer.com, no it will reroute you to uh, their, their site, uh, and it is Max Paderewski. It took me forever to uh, get that right, but it's Paderewski, Max, huh? Max, <laughs> Max Paderewski, and they are with Lone Star Law, uh, personal injury attorney. So if you need any of them, tell them I sent you, and they will hook you up. Now, back to what you were saying, Dusty. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> yes. You know what, Dusty, before we move on, before I lose this train of thought or we go too forward, I being out in the community, right, the stigmatism of therapists and doctors really not being so open to ketamine, um, there's a lot that are, and I think they're afraid to say mm -hmm. they are because yeah. it's kind of been in the closet. Um, but now I'm finding with that show that came out, um, How to Change Your Mind yeah. on Netflix, I will start talking to a physician or a professional or people in the world of addiction and tell them what I'm doing now. I left the world of putting patients into rehab because I feel that there's there's more to offer than just going into re rehab's great, right? The 12-step sure. program's great, but what about the patients that are treatment-resistant? Well, mm. now the show on Netflix has really been great for us because they're like, oh my God, I just watched that show on Netflix. <laughs> do right. you guys do that? Yeah. So it's, it's just been more about patient education. I patient, mean, yeah. The more exposure, the more patients we can reach and the more that we can help. Yeah, so. and it's a good thing. You right. know, and it really is for treatment resistant right. patients where, the, mm -hmm. the, you know, going into rehab 17 times, okay, what can right. we do different? Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah it's yeah, time yeah, to change yeah. it up, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I love that you mentioned that because if you work a, a, a program of abstinence based recovery, whether it's 12 step or otherwise, and that's working for you, keep doing what you're doing, but my audience is the, all of the other people uh, right. who aren't finding success in right. traditional pathways of recovery. Yeah. They're getting lost in the shuffle, right. you know, and these alternative, if you will, are non-traditional. Hopefully they can become mainstream and, um, and, and current and acceptable um, and help all those other people that right now are on the fringe. Mm. Well, it, just like we always say, it's just another tool in the toolbox. Just another know? tool in the for, toolbox. For, I mean, cool. like, uh, like cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, I, you know, I'm a fan of that. I'm also a fan of the 12 steps. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hey, if this is something um, that, you know, can possibly be a fit or a fix, you know, then I say, you know, bravo. Yeah, I had a I had a client the other day um, mentioned to me that they had talked to their doctor and said that they were <laughs> going to check out Recovery Dharma, which is my preferred pathway. Yeah, okay. And right. the doctor actually well, rolled their eyes. Well, explain to the people what Recovery yeah. Dharma are. Yeah, they rolled their eyes at, at the patient because um, it wasn't a traditional 12-step oh, recovery. Ah. Yeah. Well, no, but explain to everybody what Recovery Dharma is and give that a plug. Oh, both. of course. So Recovery Dharma is... Uh, Buddhist pathway to recovery, utilizing the four noble truths. Not religious base. It's not religious base. You don't right. have to believe in anything but mm -hmm. your own empowerment for change. That's so, so as cool. opposed to a, a uh, pathway of powerlessness, this is a pathway of empowerment, mm -hmm. right? And it's very um, non-traditional in the sense that we don't identify as alcoholics or addicts, right? Um, you don't necessarily even have to be 100% abstinence, but you're going to come and you're going to learn mm -hmm. how to rethink and retrain your brain and also start your recovery from the inside out. Learn how to love yourself, learn how to forgive yourself, learn how to be a better um, 
person to you, that way you'll be a better person to everybody else. So how can I learn to forgive? How can I learn to love others if I haven't practiced this on myself first? So it's a fantastic, and it's been around, you know, 500 years before Jesus, so, uh, you know, it's been around a while. So, um, and so we have people, about half of our community is uh, 12-step people, and about half of them aren't. Right. And so, yeah, uh, and and the thing, the thing thing that's also cool about Recovery Dharma is you don't even have to be uh, like substance, you know, have a, a, a SUD, which is substance use disorder. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have that uh, in order to go. You can g- just go because maybe you're sad that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very good for just process addictions. Uh, we've had people in there that are just healing for or really yeah, tough co- like divorce. Or, yeah, like codependent. Codependency. Yeah. Everything can be an addiction if you uh, if you allow it or get caught up in that. We have yeah. people that are addicted to their own feelings of depression. Mm. That's mm. where their familiarity is, their depression or their anxiety. So mm. they go to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a substance, it's not a process, yeah. but it's a familiar place that's not serving them. Right. right. So. right. That's pretty powerful, Dusty. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Recoverydharma.org, or you can come see us at uh, Recovery Dharma on Wednesdays in Plano. Yeah, so yeah. where are y'all located? Are y'all still? We're still at the um, the uh, Mystic Mandala Center over Love at it. Spring Creek. And, and so give a shout out to our boy, VJ and uh, Nanda. No, are it's out there. VJ. <laughs> VJ. Get it right. <laughs> Um, so this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he throws the accent on that. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking like I, I'm thinking that would be really cool to, you know, I mean, I think that's cool that y'all have like a, a, an advocate or a, a, a ketamine coach right. speaking somebody through it. But I think that would be really cool to marry the two and have like actually a therapy session. On ketamine. <laughs> oh, I do too. I'm right. looking to get yeah. trained myself um, because uh, the more and more I read, especially there's a so much stuff on LinkedIn mm. um, that it just seems like a really great path to go down. I wanted to ask you guys. Um, I'm sure you're following all the research too. Um, I know MDMA is is clearing all of its clinical trials. Yeah. Psilocybin is being legalized, decriminalized. Yeah. Of course, uh, THC is everywhere now in yeah. all yeah. sorts of forms. Right. What are your thoughts and opinions on some? Of what's going to be the next big thing? Uh, what do you What do you advocate for? What do you think is great? And what do you maybe on the fence about? Well, just <coughs> circling back real quick with ketamine itself and research that's coming out. Um, the research on addiction is coming out really strong with ketamine. And uh, there was a study that was published about three months ago out of the UK um, that they had, they, they treated people with alcoholism, with ketamine, with psychotherapy, and at the six month abstinence rate was 87%. That's amazing. You know, so the, the research is catching up to what we're doing right. now. And um, just like it is with MDMA, and psilocybin as well, which mm-hmm. there's multiple MDMAs in phase three clinical trials mm-hmm. now, meaning it's at really a, almost at the last hurdle. Of well, so like when that happens, will yeah. possibly y'all y'all control uh, like yeah. have that but as for well. PTSD, uh, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, especially for, like for veterans, right? And the veterans and the officers, and there's a lot of there's a foundation here in Texas that we're hoping to be able to partner alongside with, and you can look him up. His name's Marcus Capone, okay. and he's one of the guys pioneering and going to Congress and really trying to get these laws passed, um, and he helps out a tremendous amount of veterans with it, and mm-hmm. uh, first responders. He actually has, yeah. we'll, we'll plug Marcus right now. He doesn't even know it, but let's <laughs> plug Marcus Capone. Okay. Um, Ex-Navy SEAL. has really good yeah, it's a really good story, but we're we're gonna be on the forefront. We're ready. We're ready for what's next because right. we can't stop with ketamine. And sure, you know. And I think just being open eighteen months and seeing the amount of people that lives have been changed, mm. it's right. given us this immense spark to to be excited about the other stuff like mm-hmm. MDMA and how many people it can potentially help, especially in Texas, like this. I uh, think the number two state, uh, number two state in the country with the most veterans, uh, you know, oh Texas. Yeah. So right. for sure, I mean, I think it's going to be huge here, um, you know, and, and and the fact that MDMA is actually going through the right process in a sense um, that it's it's going through the FDA approval, right? right. So um, not like it's how it's getting the credibility, right? That yeah. That not like how it started, 
y'all, y'all don't even know this, but I, y'all might y'all might be too young for this. But there's a place that's down the street from here called Start Club. Okay. Um, yeah, literally, there was a, uh, a a therapist back in the day that I guess maybe discovered it or or something mm. like that, but. He, uh, they would actually go and serve it on trays oh. at the nightclub. Really? They would just walk around <laughs> with with what? what they what they called ecstasy on wow. trays yeah. at, at, down the street. That was on that show. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. It is true. We need to bring that back. (laughs) 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 Well, uh, look, Uh, hey, you know, (laughs) the thing, the thing, the thing is, with 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 MDMA, I have never seen anybody angry on MDMA. No, no, we're ready. I've seen them in a cuddle puddle, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's funny you said that. I've never ever heard anybody say, "Oh, yeah, I was I was addicted to acid, or I was Mm. addicted to mushrooms." Mm. The addictive qualities of psychedelics aren't the same as other things. And right. back to veterans, um, for them to have an alternative treatment aside right. from opioids and benzo- benzodiazepines and alcohol. Is gonna be an <laughs> alcohol. Yeah. Um, I always tell this story, but I never knew they made pill bottles this big until <laughs> I met a veteran really? um, who was being prescribed hydrocodone in these massive, almost like a liter bottle Wow. Um, and of course he developed because a that's yes. gonna yes. that's yes. gonna help yeah. your PTSD, right. dude. Yeah. Right. Throw right. some hydrocodone at Sleep your PTSD. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I even ran into a guy in the bar about six months ago, and he came to me, started telling me his story, and he, of course, he was under the influence. And uh, he said, "I just don't have any feelings anymore. I'm walking around." And he goes, "Dusty, Aww. look what they put me on." He just starts emptying his pockets of all the different dude, prescription drugs. Dude, did he drugs. have the, the uh, old fishing tackle box? He just had a <laughs> lot of pockets, pharmacy. and they were all. Filled yeah. with prescriptions that he had got from the VA, and I was like, "Man, no wow. wonder you have no feelings right. anymore." Yeah, and it was really sad. So, um, you know, as you guys were sharing, I'm thinking, "What was that guy's name?" I gotta get him. Actually, yeah. Yeah. get him over to Neuroglow. And I actually yeah. had a patient similar to what you, who you were talking about, is, um, you know, it kind of hit me whenever he he explained it this way. But he was walking through life and um, with his his diagnosis of major depressive disorder and he said with all the medication that i'm on if you came up to me right now and, and, and sawed off my leg i just really wouldn't care mm-hmm. one way or the right. other and it to me i'm like how can someone just go through life feeling that way every single day right with no hope so well and with with okay so like you said feeling that way uh, this is a question that i've been wanting to ask so what does it feel like what does it feel like what does the i know it's different for everybody but what does the patient's experience? Is it like euphoria? Is it like, and I mean, here, dude, you can jump in too because <laughs> you have you have experience. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's euphoria. Um, it's all definitely some psychedelic experience. And granted, I wasn't taking it in a therapeutic dose for therapeutic <laughs> reasons. Right. But as I mentioned before, I. Um, that's why people go back to certain drugs over and over again because it does something for them. So if you've had right. psychedelic experiences, whether it be ketamine, psilocybin, LSD, MDMA, um, you know why you went back the second time and the third time. Right. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to shift that, to, to do that intentionally and and with some um, and spiritual and and guidance. And guidance. I was going right. to say, and when the, the, when the sun is up. <laughs> and when the beat dropped, <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's has so much potential. I think, right? You know, I have a real life story, and I think for me, um, living with someone who, you know, this is just back in April, and Moment and Kathy and I met. I think it's been a year ago now. Mm-hmm. You guys, it went by kind of fast, but m- to live with an own my own family member who went through a very deep dark hole and depression and woke up one day and was on the floor in a fetal position and I had to take the guns out of our house, um, call off work. Uh, You know, I couldn't call the police and have a, you know, a 72 hour hold because of other reasons, but I, it it came to me, I was like, he needs ketamine like right now, I gotta get him in. And we, Moment and Kathy were able to get him in our clinic the next day and to watch your own family member go through, you know, he, he was going through a traumatic situation. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but it was bad. It was mm-hmm. really bad in my own house. So to take this person, this human being that you're related to, and and watch them go through it 
and not know, you know, when you're on the car ride home going back, you're like, is this person going to want to kill themselves when I get home? Because what do you do? Right. You know, I called and family came in from Houston and all over to like kind of sit and be Mm -hmm. there. And, uh, you know, he woke up maybe six hours later, took a long nap and woke up and was smiling. I hadn't seen a smile on this guy's face. Well, how long is the experience? So during the infusion itself, it's a 45-minute infusion. Uh It is through uh, an IV. Uh We do have to start an IV, so it is intravenous. Um, you know, the experience that they have is during that duration, the 45 minutes. Okay. And then once the infusion is done, it takes patients anywhere between um, 20 to 30 minutes to just come back down. Reacclimate. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. Reacclimate and just back. To okay. Baseline. And then, and then do, y- do y'all usually, like as far as safe practice or whatever, do y'all have, you know, somebody, you know, that drives them there and back? Like, yes. uh, yeah, like so just like right. they would go yeah. to surgery. <laughs> exactly. You're not going to let somebody. Exactly. Definitely yeah. can't drive out. Yeah, right. Yeah. Drive home. Drive right. Yeah. But we do also try to set up the environment um, so it's, it's a very private thing. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the studies and, and maybe some places out there still do it like this, but, you know, they do it kind of like in a big room and you're looking at like random other strangers other and people. we think this is a very private experience. Yeah. Um, so all of our rooms are private. So you had like yeah. one person like hysterically laughing and one person <laughs> crying. Exactly. <laughs> and they're like looking at each other. Like, <laughs> what am right. I supposed to do? Yeah. yeah. Right. Hug it out. Right. But we feel like that actually really aids in the whole experience uh-huh. that the patient gets. Their yeah. mindset going in. Yeah. Like set and setting. Set and setting. We, we really prepare them for that first experience, too, as well. Um, it makes a big difference on, on what they feel during. Mm-hmm. Right? If they're coming mm-hmm. in super anxious, scared, yeah. they're going to have a th- – their experience is not going to be that good mm-hmm. because your brain takes you – weird places you have you know, no control over where you're gonna go uh, right don't know. So right are. well i mean it, you know what when um you know i did ayahuasca uh mm-hmm. on, a, on a retreat mm-hmm. uh you know it was all about setting your intentions yep. so right. i think right. that that probably is a similar thing you would want to do if you're exactly. gonna right. and that's what our integration yeah. coach really helps with yeah. is to get that framework the right. mindset going right in. and we also encourage people most people that come to us, they have some type of therapist or at least some kind of ecosystem in place for their mental health. Mm-hmm. We always tell them, like, keep an open communication with all these people. Don't do ketamine in this vacuum where peop- you think it's, it has to be secretive. Let mm-hmm. people know you're doing this. You might start changing, and you need that help around you, right? Mm-hmm. So we tell people ketamine itself, it, it's going to do the work on the neurochemical level, but when that stuff starts working, you want to – grasp all those changes so right family members are going to help you therapists are going to help you you know collective effort it, it's from a collect- everyone. And, and those are right. the people that get the longer term what we see mm-hmm. longer term benefit right, right. so right. and also adding in now we've just recently our ecosystem is coming to like a complete circle like all our circles and rings are closing mm-hmm. so we're figuring a lot of things out as we go but now also we're incorporating um, meditation. So we're working with this guy right now. He's amazing. You can look up his Instagram, Damien Ryder. Um, he is uh, he comes from a very abusive childhood. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of trauma. Um, his name's Damien Ryder, plug, plug, and he's one breath meditation. So now we're working with our patients because even my own family member had anxiety on the road trip there. It was a, you know, 20-minute trip over to flower mound right yeah and he was people people think yeah. all this crazy yeah. stuff like right. you have to go oh, i gotta go to the jungles of peru right you don't know where you're gonna go on yeah. your journey while right. you're in there and right. uh so we just recently yeah. added you know having our patients encouraging them to listen to one of damien Ryder's one breath meditation on the way into our clinic and then possibly after, just right. to kind of keep that calmness in their yeah. system and Re-center be open. Recenter yourself. Mm-hmm. Recenter yourself. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. And then one, one other thing that yeah. we do that really helps with the experience is uh, there's a company called Wave Path. They're also, I believe, out of, out of the UK. But they, they're basically a company of sound engineers. And they've sound engineered uh, specific frequencies. Frequency. You, you guys are probably not. Uh, I do. I'm yeah. EDM, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. The binaural <laughs> beats and yeah. everything. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. They've actually kind of have all these soundtracks uh-huh. that really kind of take people on the journey, and it, it, it just—it's really cool to listen to. But they've actually timed it 
their frequencies on how ketamine is working in your body. So right. like at the seven to nine minute w- mark. Oh, start, I like so that. When you're Little, starting, yeah. You start. So you got no. You got a soundtrack. Yeah. And then when you're starting to come down, yeah. it, it it changes up the frequencies. Yeah. And right. It's, it's amazing. People. It keeps people grounded. Right. You know, they're like, okay, I'm here. I'm, uh, you know, if they're getting anxiety, it really helps with that. It absolutely does. I went to my first sound healing on Wednesday. Oh, really? Oh, was like, nice. I love some sound bowls. It was like being, yeah, like uh, encompassed by sound and frequency. It was the coolest experience. I could totally. Was, was see. it on a sound bed or what? what it was using the, the singing bowls. The singing bowls oh, are the joint. Right. Yeah. I love yeah. I love yeah. the singing bowls. Yeah. Cool. yeah, which yeah. which is funny. Next week we're uh, actually going to have somebody on from Two Birds Church. Um, and they, uh, it's a, uh, we're going to talk about my ayahuasca experience, mm-hmm. and and I'll, we're going to talk about all this, uh, all this, uh, you know, alternate therapy mm-hmm. uh, is what I like to call it. Um, but the, yeah, they are all into the singing bowls and stuff, so that's good. Hey, but everybody, please, please, please subscribe, share this with your friends. That's how we grow the show. Comment, like. Blah blah blah, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that includes all of y'all, yes, by the of way. Course. Um, yeah, and right and then of course you don't know, but this, but you're going to be sponsoring the show. So okay. no, I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> just kidding. The next we'll, show. We'll <laughs> just kidding. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah. But uh, you know, I want to thank you guys for coming out, Fitz. Thanks for sitting on the board. Hello, studios, of course. Yeah. And then thank all of y'all. And then where can they reach out to you? What's the best way? Is there a phone number, website, what? Best would be website neuroglow.com. Okay. Uh, it has all our information and on there. And spell that because uh, it's N U N E U R O G L O W dot com. Okay. Yeah. Or you can call us 1 800 975 3859. Okay. And one of our team members will get you set up. Perfect. We're on Instagram and Facebook as well. Yep. Right. Just all type the, in s- all the n- social. Just Neuroglow Clinic in Google and you'll. You'll find us. Okay, cool. Well, I, you know, I appreciate you guys coming out and sharing Thank this because so I think this is a super important thing, uh, you know, a thing to talk about. Did you have anything you want to add before we? Well, absolutely. I want to um, give a shout out to Recovery Dharma Plano and Dallas, two locations, one Sangha. You can join us every Wednesday at the Mystic Mandala Center. Um, also, I wanted to give a shout out to Texoma Community Center. Um, who writes my paycheck. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We're serving Grayson, Fannin, and Cook Counties, uh, the local mental health authority and outpatient treatment center. We're at texomacc.org. And last but certainly not least, um, where I practice out in flowermound.sessionswellnessgroup.com. Check us out. We offer a lot of different services there. So thanks, Kelly. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Kelly. Well, thank you guys thank you for Kelly. coming out. Yeah. Thanks, and uh, Yeah, for sure. Thank and you then, for uh, yeah, be sure and, uh, you know, share it. And then um, I guess uh, I guess that's all we got, right? All right. Yeah, Time well, for the outro. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, well, everybody remember, there is no magic pill for sobriety because if there was, we would all do too many. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go.